0: This morning from Ephesians chapter 3, I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to Him, who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. This month during July, our series is called Go Beyond. We're going to be talking about the different spiritual attributes of faith that help us go beyond where we might go otherwise. We're drawing it from the theme of our Vacation Bible School. Later this month, at the very end of the month, our four-year-olds through our Elementary-age students will be coming every day to the church for vacation Bible school. They'll be studying different passages. These passages will help them look at different spiritual attributes. We're going to journey with those same passages during this month so that we'll be ready to talk with them about what they're experiencing at the end of the month. This journey together over this month will help us explore faith, boldness, kindness, thankfulness, and hope. Today we begin with go beyond with faith, go beyond with faith. But I'm also aware that most of us celebrated 4th of July with fireworks, maybe with picnics or special food or traveling to see family. We had opportunities to celebrate our country with others. I was in Connecticut with my daughter, We walked out onto the street, and people were pouring out of houses in this neighborhood to watch fireworks together that were a couple of blocks down the street. It was a great feeling of unity and togetherness and hope as we watched the fireworks go off. But it also, of course, reminds us of the great democratic ideals of freedom and what it means to be a people of liberty and justice for all. In our text today, Paul is writing a prayer to these early Christians at Ephesus and others in the area. He's expressing also great dreams and aspirations, writing about what he believes God has in mind for humanity. Listen again to what he prays for. In verse 18, he says, I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints, but he means all the Christians, what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. What a great aspirational prayer. Then he ends that section even thinking bigger when he says that he's praying that this might not only happen for his people, but for all generations forever and ever. Both in this passage from Ephesians and in our founding documents as a country we encounter magnificent aspirations of the human spirit both talking about what they believe God intends for each and every one of us for all of humanity that we might go beyond what we believe is possible you hear it particularly in verse 20 when Paul writes now to God who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than we can ask or imagine. Paul wants us to think about God and what God can do. And remember, even in times of trouble, that God can do more. That God can lead us through all things. And yet, even as we think about these great ideas, we are confronted by the harsh reality of the conditions that do not live up to the ideals either of our founders or of Paul when he was writing centuries and centuries before. We live in a time when our elected leaders have lied to us on any number of things. And I'm not pointing out any one person. Unfortunately, this has become a nonpartisan issue. Leaders of all parties at all levels of government seem to have adopted the idea that it's okay to lie to the people they are to serve. We live in a time when our government officials have led us into wars based on false reports. And I hate to think about it or admit it, that my dollars and yours have been used to harm innocent people, to create carnage beyond our imagination, unless... We have lived in an active war zone. I think about our struggle to fund health care for senior citizens in need. I think about our struggle to fund quality education for our young people across our state and across our country. It's unfortunate that the promise of a college education, which is supposed to be the bright start and in fact is a great start, For young people now is burdened down often with a millstone of financial debt that our young people carry into their adult years. I think about the promises our nation has held out before. Reverend Hugh Montgomery mentioned this in her prayer. Our nation finds itself with this ideal of give me your tired. Your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. That's the dream, that's the ideal. Yet we're assaulted. With such vivid images and stories of great mistreatment of those coming to our borders, especially the plight of so many children, are having to endure such hardship, even as we stand here this morning and worship. Oh, I know that we do not all agree on what's the right path to solve this or what the proper role of the government should be in all of this. It is complex. And so complex that it can be overwhelming. And certainly it defies any simple solution. And yet as people of faith, I want to remind us who we are. How we might think about how faith intersects these difficult decisions. My role as your pastor is to raise the wisdom and direction of faith from a Savior who said, Let the children come. Love your neighbor, as yourself. And in fact, even said, love your enemies or do good or will the good even for your enemy. It's a high bar. It's a great call that comes with being a follower of Jesus Christ to do the good, to will the good for others, even for those who you see as opponent or as enemy. And yet somehow our faith should shape and form our views and our perspective in all of life. So what to do when we're confronted with realities that do not live up to the ideals? First, I think it's really important that we distinguish between patriotism and love of country over against love of any political party or politician or government decision. The songs we're singing this morning are a tribute to the great ideals of what it means to be a democratic nation and emphasize the idea that liberty and freedom is a precious gift that we enjoy. I think at its best during a celebration of Independence Day or actually any time that we are thinking about our country, that we're reminded of our country's high ideal of liberty and justice for all, that we remember that we're founded to be a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. Today, we enjoy so many freedoms, and we celebrate that on this Independence Week. But it's important to remember how precious and how rare it is that throughout history most people did not enjoy the freedoms that we do in this country. And unfortunately, there are dark parts of our history. Where even in our country, so many different people groups were denied the freedoms that we enjoy this morning. And of course we know there are people around the world, that are still grasping and yearning for the freedoms that we have enjoyed for more than 200 years. And sometimes when we look at all these problems, it's easy to get depressed and overwhelmed and feel like everything is going down the drain. But last week, I got to be a part of one of our freedoms of freedom of the press, write an editorial published in the paper. I was inspired to write it by a book called Factfulness, Factfulness, by a guy who unfortunately has recently passed away, Hans Rosling. He is a global health expert. He's spent his life studying global trends and looking at what's going on in economies and health care and education systems around the world. And he says we need more facts we need more accurate information than we have because he says he's been doing surveys around the world to see how much people in one country know about what's going on in other countries and what he finds is that we don't know very much about what's really going on in other parts of the planet he points out some basic facts that all of us should know that apply to what we're thinking about today He points out that democracy has now come to over half of the world's population. The basic literacy that was only at 10% globally at the founding of our country is now past 85% and growing around the world. He talks about the right to vote. Particularly, he points out statistics about the women and their right to vote. And he says, do you realize that the founding of the United States, no country gave women the right to vote. And now today, 193 countries give women and men the right to vote. It's remarkable progress. It's unbelievable when you begin to look at all the statistics and data he has gathered about how much better the human global population is doing. I think these improvements Show us that God is at work for good in the world. And I believe that the improvements he's pointing out are consistent with what God intends for the human family. And consistent with the gospel. And can inspire us to make sure we're doing our part to promote liberty and justice for all. In our passage today where Paul writes such inspirational words he is hoping and praying that we might comprehend the vastness of God and the good that God intends in the world. And he's suggesting that through prayer as followers of Christ, we can indeed open ourselves to greater intimacy and contact with God. And we can expand our perspective as we get more and more in touch with this God who is beyond comprehension and yet can be seen at work in the world, and not only in the world, but a God who can bring us the fullness of life. Paul prays that we might be filled with the fullness of God. What a magnificent prayer, but he's not just praying for the people of his time or for us. He's praying for all of humanity. In fact, he's praying for humanity for all time. At the end, he's talking about generations forever and ever what a magnificent magnificent dream and goal as i was working on the sermon jose luis hernandez who you saw play piano this morning is the director of our after school program our sistema music program was called a few weeks ago because there was an upcoming U.S. naturalization ceremony. They were calling him to ask him to bring some of our Sistema orchestra students to this naturalization ceremony on June 12th out of Gilcrease where new people to our country, people who had been studying about America and our ideals wanted to become citizens were ready to take an oath to be a United States citizen. So he prepared the students and took them out there. He says they did a great job of playing the Star-Spangled Banner and some other numbers for the folks there. But he said what was most gripping was a part of the oath that these new citizens were taking said that they were committed to doing work of national importance when called upon. And he said it struck him that our students that day were doing work of national importance of helping people come to our country and become citizens here in the united states he showed me the program the order of service but what mesmerized me as i began to look at the people and their countries of origin he said there were adults of all ages coming 42 of them there that particular day i was thinking probably they're coming from mexico and central america We hear so much about that on the news. And certainly Mexico was one of the places where one of the people came. But let me read to you the list from where all of these people began. Not only Mexico, but Liberia, Iraq, India, Peru, Jordan, Burma, Philippines, Laos, Ukraine, Iran, Thailand, South Korea, Vietnam, Dominican Republic, Pakistan, Russia, China, and Venezuela, 19 countries in all, all coming to Tulsa, living in Tulsa, becoming citizens on the same day. It was remarkable to me. It helped me see immigration beyond what we see in the news. It reminded me of who my neighbors in Tulsa really are. It reminded me of how much bigger and broader America and the American family really is. I hope that as we think about this, that we will trust that we believe in a God who's leading us into a positive future, a God who is at work for good in our own time, that we can begin to think about the American family, Certainly, as I read that list, it reminded me to go beyond my narrow perceptions with faith, with faith in God, with faith in humanity, with faith that we can do better and we are doing better as a people. But as Paul prays, not only that, but that we can come to know this fullness of the love of Christ alive in our lives and that we'll be so filled with this divine inspiration and love. That will be so full of it, that will overflow and share that love with others. Let it be so as we go forth. Amen.